0: Welcome to the Coaches Plan Podcast. Podcast plan to coach with Coach New Brunswick. I'm Ashley, uh, your host for our third season. I'm very excited to have everyone back in um, back in listening for for our next year of the podcast. Um, honestly, has been such a crazy year. There's going to be lots of conversations around. Um, what it means to be coaching in this new world, uh, what it meant for some coaches to kind of get through COVID and be away from their teams for a long time um, and, and kind of be innovative in their coaching uh, styles and techniques during that time. And that's kind of the whole theme about this season that I want to go down is, is really talking about innovation and like how, like what are the new rules that you basically set up for your, for your coaching world? And how has that impacted everything that's gone on in the past few months? But, and hopefully, how do we move, move forward through it? Um, and along that lines, we're going to be uh, all over the map. We're going to be talking inclusion and diversity. We're going to be talking innovative program design. We're going to be talking with some uh, program leaders and some really forward thinkers and pioneers in their programs. So I'm, I'm very excited to use that segue to introduce Simon, uh, who's uh, our guest today. Um, Simon works with Parasport New Brunswick and uh, has a long uh, resume in the Parasport world. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Maybe if you just want to kind of take us down a little bit on your your sport journey, and then I'll start firing off my questions.
1: Okay. Well, thank you very much, Ashley. It's an honor to be on your podcast, and it's going to be a great one to, um, you know, like you said, just... uh, especially making a transition from the the, new, the the old normal to the new normal, if you would, yeah. I guess. Um, it's going to be a very interesting time. And, um, yeah, for me, um, you know, I've started being really involved in Paris Sport in New Brunswick um, since last year. You know, I've been employed since last year with them as a program coordinator. Um, before that, I've, I've really been an athlete all around. Uh started started playing go ball at the age of nine. Um and from there I, you know, kinda went up the ranks a little bit. Uh went on a junior national team for GoBall, senior national team. I made it all the way to the Paralympic Games in twenty sixteen and um along the way started coaching and um really wanted to be involved in go ball too in the province and um since I've been employed with Paris Sport in New Brunswick we restarted their go ball program. Um involved with the wheelchair basketball program too. And, you know, it's a really fun road so far and hopefully we'll keep it going.
0: That's great. So how did you first get involved with goalball when you were a kid?
1: Uh, so when I was a kid, I was really involved with a whole lot of sports. I was playing hockey. I was playing soccer, A soccer, even if I was visually impaired since birth. And, um, you know, I, I had an assistant teacher at school and, um, you know, she really knew me and knew that I was super into sports and you know she just mentioned oh we're, we're thinking of starting a go ball program here in the fall coming in the coming year so do you want to try it out you know it's is it a sport that you'd be interested in I never heard of a sport before at that point um, I was only nine years old and never really been into pair sports uh, up until then so I, I never really knew anything about it I uh, decided to go to one practice and I was hooked right away <laughs> And um, I just loved it. I just loved to, you know, block the ball, roll it back, uh, try to score goals. And um, it was really an inclusive environment, too. That's what's kind of neat about the sport. It's a, it's a sport that um, even if you're fully sighted, um, you can still play. So, you know, I had a couple of friends that came out with me and we played together and um, that was it. Basically, it was just a, a good start. And I was hooked right away and just kept playing. and went all the way, basically.
0: <laughs> that's incredible. Um, and so, when goalball was first introduced at your school, was it a relatively new sport, or how long had it been around for? Because, honestly, it, in the, I've only heard of the sport in the last few years or so, so I imagine it hasn't yeah. been around for too, too long.
1: Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. It's a sport, that's it's actually been around since right after the Second World War.
0: Oh, what? Um,
1: it's, yeah it was a, it was a rehab sport uh, for all the the second world war veterans all the soldiers uh, that either lost their sight uh, or whatnot during the war um, so it really started way back in the in the fifties or even forty forty five or forty six years i think mm. they uh they started and um it was started in in Austria and um in germany and from there, it, it got into the Paralympic Games in 1960. Um, and um, the Paralympic Games started at that point, and um, the goalball was really introduced into the, Paralympics, into the Paralympic Games really in only uh, 1976, uh, the first time in Toronto, so. Um, and it's been in the Paralympic Games ever since, so it's probably been close to, close to 50 years it's coming up now, so. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's been around for a while, but um, I, you know, like I said, I've never heard of a sport before. I was nine. It was, a, it was an 04, but I, I heard of it for the first time, and just, I was hooked, and that was it.
0: That's incredible, um, and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but in 2016, when you went to the Paralympics, you were New Brunswick-only Paralympian that attended,
1: so like I saw uh, I was, on
0: your bio somewhere online. <laughs>
1: Well, so I was, I wasn't the only Paralympian that was, uh, from New Brunswick. Uh, Shane Dobson was there oh, okay. also, yes. Yes. uh, from, from, uh, para athletics, but, um,
0: sorry, he, Shane, I didn't know, mean to, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, didn't forget you. but, um, yeah, but you know, it's, uh, there, there's, there wasn't a whole lot of ball players from New Brunswick at that point. Um, there, we were really a small group, especially from New Brunswick. And, um, I don't really have a team here, so I had to train with New Brun with uh, Nova Scotia for a while mm-hmm. and play with them, and that's kind of how I went my about my way to to get on the national team. I guess uh, on a senior level, I started playing with uh, Nova Scotia in 2011 and played with them until uh, two years ago, really. So, yeah.
0: Wow! And what what was that like going to the Paralympics?
1: Oh, it was you know such an honor, such such a great um, great experience to you know have your the maple leaf on your chest really and represent yeah. your country it's a, it's an honor and um, just quite a remarkable experience it's you know um, I have a lot of friends that asked me at the time like how was it and it, it's it's so hard to describe because uh, it's such a great feeling that you almost have to to be there to to feel through all those emotions mm-hmm. um, but for me it was it, it was quite re- remarkable because I had um, you know my my brother was there uh both my parents were there too and my sister couldn't make it obviously uh because she was she was starting school uh it was in september mm-hmm. so <laughs> it was a little tough for her but um you know it was just a great experience and you know i wouldn't give it up for the world so
0: oh that's incredible one of uh my uncles spent a long time working with the the canadian olympic committee as part of their support staff and would go to many olympic games paralympic games um and um Uh, Pan Am games, and just, like, the stars he'd come back with just made me so jealous, and I think that's honestly part of, one of the reasons why I I found a a role in uh, sport administration in my career um, was partly due to that kind of, like, that tingly feeling of, like, seeing, like, Team Canada come out in any kind of opening ceremony, and, and knowing that, uh, knowing that I wanted to be a part of, like, that kind of athlete sport pathway, or support pathway, I guess, I guess I should say, but, um, uh, speaking of, so from being an athlete, and then switching over into coaching, like what made you gravitate over and towards coaching and the sport administration?
1: Oh, you know what? It, it's, it's, uh, it, it's so, it's so special when you have, uh, so, so many people that are around you as an athlete when you're younger and obviously coming from, you know, Dieppe, it's a small town. And, uh, like I said, there wasn't many go balls or go ball players around. So I had so mu- so much help. Uh, from my whole ball career to get to where I got to and um, whether it was with the Canadian Sports Center Atlantic or um, just my coaches here and there and uh, the Nova Scotia team that was super accommodating you know for me to stay home in in New Brunswick and travel back and forth every weekend mm-hmm. and uh, so you know it, it really takes a team to get there and what really pushed me to to come and give back to the community I've always wanted to do that Um, one because of the sense of community that I always had around me Um, and I wanted to give back to you know the next generation that's coming up Um, but also you know once you once you go and and really go and coach the younger generations that's when you really realize how um, not only um, you know the performance aspect of that to some kids it really appeals to, but to others, it's just going out and playing once, once every week, let's say, and just loving to be on the court. And it really comes, comes down to really that, that passion for the game again. And, uh, just seeing, seeing those kids with a smile on their face, you know, when they go on the court and when they're with their friends on the court and just stopping ball and scoring Mm -hmm. goals. And uh, that, that, that's really what pushed me to want to get that ultimately. And, um, you know just wanted to give back to give those kids an opportunity to to do that and play the sport that they love
0: i love that i can i can totally uh sympathize with that that's a, a big driving force in my life too i think and i think many of the coaches that are listening to this episode will feel feel the same way about it um which i think also makes it especially hard if you consider the last oh well so it's august now this episode probably won't come out until the the fall or winter um so the last six months or so of kind of being removed from the team that way, like what was that like being away from your athletes and from these programs?
1: Yeah. So that, that was an interesting time, obviously. And, uh, for all the other coaches too, I'm sure, uh, you know, everybody kind of had their own rhythm going and then it it went to a real halt. Right. And it Mm -hmm. it stopped all at once. And, um, you know, you kind of have to, to adapt with it and figure out ways to communicate with your athletes and, you know, keep in touch um, and making sure that, you know, they're still into it. They still want to come back and still want to play. And um, a lot of our athletes fortunately still want to go. And, you know, I, I still get contacts from parents that are like, when are we starting again? When are we starting again? It's like, yeah, okay, well, you know, we got to wait here. We've got to find gym time and we got to, figure out our plan and what are we doing right um, just to make sure everybody's safe and we can get back to the court and play the sport that we love in a safe manner and um, I think it's um, really in, in these times it's like I said just communicating with them and making sure that you have a plan um, in place um, that's safe and that's you know respectful of all the restrictions that we have with two meter distance and whatnot and um, just making sure that once we get back on the court, or in the in the water, or whatever it is, um, you know, we we can go back to the sport we love and do it in a manner that's safe and do it do it, making sure that uh, everybody has a positive experience doing it.
0: Yeah, I—I I mean, I have so many thoughts about what's ha- happened in the last six months or so, and uh, yeah. a lot of the things I keep coming back to is just how adaptable coaches are. And if you think about just even a regular training plan for a regular season, things go sideways so quickly, and you have to adapt and change your training program and and accommodate to the group. Um, mm-hmm. And so, really, this has just been one new challenge that people have had to work through. And unfortunately, there hasn't been as many like playbooks on how to how to deal with it whereas maybe for other situations you could rely on your your fellow coaches to kind of brainstorm with but so I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing and and to be fair there's been lots of brainstorming going on with coaches trying to um, collaborate and and figure out the best practices going forward together so uh, Mm -hmm. in some ways it has been like a nice show of um, community coming together even though it might not be the same sport it I mean we're all sport people we're all here for the same reason and uh, it's kind of cool to see the group the, or the community come together in that sense. Um, yeah. And kind of on, on that that vein, uh, you had mentioned that the Goalball goal program had stopped for a while or had paused for a while, maybe in 2015, 2016. Did I, mm-hmm. if I have the dates yeah. right? Um, yeah. So why was it so important for you then to try to really work to get this thing back up and running?
1: Well, again, I, I think it comes back to, you know that 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 was really the program that that I came through when I was um, when I was young. Um, I started nine, like I said, in that program and here in Moncton. And I really wanted to, you know, have those younger generation have the same opportunity that I got uh, when I was nine years old, and so on until probably I was like fifteen or sixteen. And um, then after that, I started to move on with the not with the provincial team and in Australia while playing here with the, the junior team in New Brunswick. Um, but really five, six years ago, it it started to fall apart. And um, unfortunately, there wasn't any goalball played anymore in New Brunswick. And like I said, I just wanted to come back and make sure that we have an opportunity for those kids to to play not only in, in goalball, but just a blind sport in general. So there's not a whole lot of opportunities for, blood and visual impaired athletes in new brunswick so you know it's it's really important that we give them hope um not only to compete um but also just to be active and just making sure that they have something to do um on the weekly basis on a daily basis to not only be competitive in a sport that they love but just being active and making sure that everybody has a chance to be active and healthy in their you know entire life so um that's um something that really appealed to me. And I really wanted to make sure to restart that program. And like I said, it's really the passion to make sure that the generations that are coming um, will have that uh, coming in um, and making sure that those programs are still there to, to last, not only for a couple of years, but really last for the long run.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What do you think were some of the biggest roadblocks when you were first getting it going again?
1: I think... Um, that's an interesting question because we, we kind of had a, a group that was still kind of fresh, uh, for the adult group. Um, most of those um, participants I played with, um, uh, while I was uh, still a junior player, and uh, they were still around, in either in Moncton or um, elsewhere in the province, and they're still interested in playing. So that was kind of an interesting, um, an interesting time because we kind of already had a, a base of players that we could base ourselves with and start a program and then from there now we're um, trying to expand so really I would say that the one uh, big barrier if you want was to, to try to expand to other other places in the in the province um, right now we're we're trying to, to look at Fredericton and possibly st. John to um, start programs there and those programs have never existed before so that's um a whole new world and um you know we're really excited to see what opportunities come out of it and it's um recruiting in schools it's making sure that everybody's aware through CNIB through um community uh, council for for the blind and all those avenue APSI, um and it's making sure that like i said all all the kids that have an opportunity to play um making sure that they're exposed to it and making sure that they can try it and have a positive experience through it all and um, just making sure it's accessible to everybody. Um, like I said, it's, it's a sport that's, it's really accessible to, to anybody. So those new kids, they can bring their friends and, you know, it's, it's a really neat experience for them to go through with their, their friends that might not have a visual impairment and it might draw them more to the sport.
0: That's amazing um what do you like when if someone was thinking about getting involved with this either as a volunteer or just a, like a support person either as a coach or or otherwise um what do you think they should do contact you contact the school like how, how do we get this rolling how do i how do i help you get this happening because I, I i absolutely love this i want to see this continue
1: yeah so so we have a lot of opportunities like i said and uh and really th- Three big pro the three big cities in New Brunswick. Obviously, we we all know Moncton, Saint John, and Fredericton. Um, right now, the program in Moncton is is going to be up and running here in a few weeks. When whenever the gyms are going to be available. Um, again, the programs in Fredericton that's probably the next one who's which is going to be starting. Um, so you know they can contact contact us at Parisport New Brunswick. We'll guide them in which direction that they need. Um, we're also going to um, Trying to go into schools again. Uh, obviously, with COVID, it's going to be a little more difficult. The last year was a lot of recruitment for the schools, so hopefully we can resume that again. And uh, hopefully we can get in contact with all those kids in the school. But, yeah, definitely, if they have um, anybody who wants to be involved, either as a coach, as a volunteer, or as a participant, uh, they can call t- contact us at Ferrisport in Brunswick, um, and we'll make sure that you guide them in the right direction, whether it's in Fredericton or in Moncton. Uh, for, for the programs.
0: Great. Um, what kind of skills do you think a prospective coach needs to to lead a goalball team?
1: I think um, there's not a whole lot that are really different from other sports. You know, it's um, there's a few adaptabilities um, that needs to be in place. Um, obviously, your um, communication needs to be really clear because sometimes uh, you have b ones which are – uh, at least that are fully um fully blind and so you really need to be specific with um what you what you co- how you communicate on where you want them to be on the court how you want them to lay down um all those sorts of things um but you know once once you really establish that communication between the athlete and the coach um that's that's real key and um, if you if you don't have communication, it's like any other, any other type of relationship. If, if you don't have any communication, <laughs> it's, it's going to go really sideways, and um, it's the same thing in goalball. So it's uh, it's a really key thing in in not only goalball but blind sports in general.
0: That's amazing. Um, and speaking of other blind sports or other opportunities, like what else exists in the province?
1: So um, currently. Um, the Go Ball program has been restarted last year. Uh, I'm personally working, uh, and this is not through my job, but I'm personally working on um, a blind hockey program in, in Moncton. Uh, it's, it's going to be called the Sea Cats
0: <laughs> uh, Blind
1: Hockey Club. So, um, yeah, we're really working hard on, on that and get that going. We had a, a blind hockey clinic, a first blind hockey clinic in, back in uh, November in St. John. Um, New Brunswick so we we really want to get that going and um, making sure that that sport has a has a has a bright future in the the province and um, blind hockey has been uh, uh, has seen some real growth um, uh, across the across the country really um, since the 2010 Uh, so it's it's really been an amazing amazing journey in that sport too and hopefully we can get it get it rolling here in New Brunswick soon.
0: Who are like the, the, like the big competitors from the other provinces in, uh, in blind hockey?
1: So blind hockey is a little different from the other sports. Uh, sometimes in, in other sports, there, there are provincial teams and stuff like that when they go to nationals. In blind hockey, they do it a little bit differently. So they have um, – there's a few clubs in every province now um, – and players from all those clubs go to go to nationals um, as they sign up as individuals Mm -hmm. and then the Canadian blinds blind hockey association uh kind of classes them in whichever category that they Mm -hmm. think um either the most competitive one uh, the open division or the low vision development division and uh so those players are going with the the level of skill that they have and um there's also the youth division that started this year, so or a few years ago. So um it's really really it's a really really neat experience to go to nationals for blind hockey and um it's a really neat sport. It, you know, it's um really, really similar to sighted hockey really, and there's not a whole lot of adaptations that are different from just normal hockey or sighted hockey. So it's it's a really neat sport and um I think you know there's a lot of potential here especially in Canada there's a lot of um a lot of love for hockey obviously and (laughs) we want to we want to keep that going so want to keep growing the sport and hopefully that sport will um will end up in the Paralympic games at some point here um and um yeah we'll just keep keep growing the sport
0: that's so cool I really like the uh the concept of um kind of classifying the nationals by skill-based, I think that's a really interesting concept that probably should be applied more broadly across all, all sports. Um, and I, I wonder how that kind of um, like banding or, or classification will affect, especially so, so if that then transfers over to nationals and that kind of puts a bigger push on, on sighted hockey like I wonder how that then kind of affects the sport in a, in a larger way and how we start to think about competition differently. And I, I, I love that kind of stuff. I think that's very cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And so kind of like go- going back to goalball for a second. Um. So how have things been going since things have restarted? Like aside from the fact that COVID hit and now we're kind of like searching for, for space again, but how is the program developing once it restarted?
1: Uh. So it, it really grew, um, more than I expected actually the, uh, so we started a youth program, which is the first youth ball program that we had in New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. Um, other than, uh, other than the one that we had when I was younger and the only, the group kind of grew to the juniors and there wasn't any other youth after us. So, um, really it's, it's been a, it's been a growth that we really didn't expect from day one. And, um, you know, like I said, there's there's probably like 15 participants right now across the province, and um, we really only expected uh, five or six to start, and it, it it grew to to you know double our our expectation the first year, um, and we're just going to keep rolling here. You know, it's obviously it's a little more challenging with COVID, with uh, gym time and stuff, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, but um, once we get back rolling it'll it'll start again and everybody's excited to start and you know i just can't wait to to see what what type of growth we can we can get this sport to to grow in in the province and it's going to be really excited to grow it to uh, you know more cities across the province and making sure it's accessible to as many people as we can reach and um at the end of the day it's just taking it one day at a time and that's all we've been doing for the last few months but we'll keep doing that and um just keep growing the sport day by day.
0: That's so cool. What do you, what do you hope for for the future of goalball in New Brunswick? Like where would you like it to ultimately go?
1: I, I would love to see eventually again, uh, you know, a, a standard or a, kind of a standard that we have a, a junior boys team, a junior girls team, um, as well as a, you know, provincial men's team and a provincial women's team uh, eventually. Uh, first, first, we really need to, to make sure that your grassroots and that our base programs are there to support that pyramid mm-hmm. and, um, from there, we'll make sure that, you know, the pathway is there for, for athletes to either go for kind of the sport for life route or for the competition route. And we can kind of guide them, um, in whichever way the athletes want to go. And hopefully we can get it to that point at some, at some point here and, um, you know, I think there's a lot of potential here. And, um, you know, when the, the province just next door Nova Scotia has been doing a heck of a job for the last 10 years and they, you know, they've been building the junior programs and the, the youth programs and the adults program and the open programs. And it's, you know, it's, it's really, really nice to see. And, um, you know, it's, it's something like that, that we kind of want to do here in New Brunswick and kind of aspire to, to get all those programs up and running eventually and making sure we have all those, all those paths that we can kind of guide the athletes in whichever way they want to go.
0: Wow. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think Goldball is very lucky to have you kind of like at the, at the helm kind of forging the way forward. I, I think they have, um yeah, a huge resource in like, I think you've got a good vision for the, where the pro, uh, program needs to go and, and some good support behind you to make it happen. So like, I'm I'm really personally excited to, to see how this progresses um, through the next few years. I think it's going to be yeah, really it's exciting. It's going to be a fun
1: time. It's going to be an exciting time. Um, and there's a lot of potential here for growth, like I said, um, not only in the big cities, but up north too, there's, you know, s- some interest there and hopefully we can get there at some point and making sure that we tap into those those resources there and those um, interests there and just get everybody involved. That's That's all we need to do
0: yeah absolutely um well that's all the questions i really have um if you have any other programs that you would like to plug uh that are either through paris border or whatever i'm plug away
1: yeah so yeah there's another huge program that we've we've started last year with paris New brunswick it's our um, p506 program that we call yes. it uh for for wheelchair basketball that's another big one that we we're trying to grow here uh p506 is a kind of a junior program or an under 25 uh, program uh, for wheelchair basketball. We're, we're trying to grow that one. And we have a program in uh, Fredericton and another one in Moncton. Uh, so the numbers um, are respectably low right now, but they're, they're growing still. So we're, we're hoping to, to grow that sport too. And obviously, you know, it's, it's just growing opportunities for not only for um, wheelchair users or, you know, visual impaired athletes, but it's also for anybody who wants to be involved and wants to really grow not only one sport or the other, but grow the parasport movement in, in New Brunswick and help all the para grow. That's the real. That's the real vision. That's the real, uh, the real deal. If you want, and uh, <laughs> you know, taking it day by day, and that's all we can do is trying to grow it one step at a time.
0: That's amazing. With with. Um p506 uh where would you kind of put that compared to goalball like has it been around longer has it had a longer like a wider base is it also relatively a newer sport sorry i shouldn't say goalball's newer sport it's from like the 40s but uh yeah. <laughs> but like where where does it fit in within the new brunswick context
1: so p506 we just started that program to um last september so um really it's it's really been starting or restarting again and in those two aspects, um, goal ball and, and wheelchair basketball on the on the junior side for both, and uh, we're just very excited to to see the growth in those the, those two sports. And uh, you know, it's taking it day by day. It's um, there's a lot of recruitment. Um, wheelchair basketball is a little different than than uh, goal ball obviously, with normally the, the the different kinds of disability that can play, but. Um, just the different types of recruitment um, and then the different ways to recruit. Um, there's, there's a little bit of a difference there too. So, um, you know, we, we've been in contact with many clinics uh, like the Stan Canada city center in Fredericton. And um, you know, it's, there, there have been multiple uh, interests across the province and stuff. So we're just trying to, to look at all different avenues to improve the program. And, um, whether it's through clinics, whether it's through um, making sure that we can get into different contacts with different organizations, um, and making sure that we can reach as many people as we can for mm-hmm. both sports. So that's that's a real goal.
0: That's amazing. And then, so where can where can wheelchair basketball take you if you if you join as an athlete and you really want to push
1: it? Yeah. So that that's another good question. Uh, so wheelchair basketball is another you can kind of go both routes too, again, right? If you want to go competition wise, you can keep rolling here. You can, you know, potentially go to Canadian games and um, potentially get in onto the national team. Like um, somebody like Colin Higgins and uh, Daniel Duplessis, you know, they're, they're real uh, New Brunswick figures, I guess, in the, in the Paris sport world right now, and especially in wheelchair basketball. And, um, you know, and, inspiring a lot of athletes and that's what that's what we want to do we want to build again the competition level and the um sport for life path and really make sure that both both sides are available and accessible for everybody to play and um whichever way that the athletes want to go and the coaches want to go and you know volunteers want to be involved we'll we'll take all the help that we can get and Mm -hmm. uh we'll we'll try to guide everybody in the right direction and uh, try to you know, help them in any way we can to, to get to where they want to go.
0: Amazing. Um, one last question for you. And this one's a little, little bit of a curveball. So I, I, I just thought of it now. So I'm sorry if you don't have an answer yep. for it ready to go. So take as long as you need. Um, who do you, did you have any inspirations growing up through sport and kind of in through your coaching pathway? Like, did you really draw on lessons learned by any one particular individual?
1: Well, you know what, there's so many like I said, it there's so many, so many people involved, um mm-hmm. as an at like in, in your pathway as an athlete or as a coach. Uh for me I would say there's there's probably a couple people, but I can think about uh one there's one or a couple in particular in Quebec, uh, that really were in a real inspiration for me and um, you know, real um, real help for me in my in my goalball career, uh, Mario Caron and Bruno Ache from mm-hmm. um, from Montreal. Um, and the other the other person or the other couple people that I can really think about were uh, Linda Mitre-Sheriff and Peter Parson from Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those two people from Nova Scotia really believed in me. Linda was was our coach and still is the coach of the you know men's provincial team there and um she she and peter really believed in me from from day one and mm-hmm. uh once i joined the group there and you know they they really invited me in their province and i i couldn't help them or couldn't thank them enough for for doing that and giving me the opportunity to play with them uh you know i didn't have any any team in new brunswick um at 16 and i kind of had to to decide where i wanted to go um either for school or Uh, things like that but they really gave me an opportunity to stay home and and you know study at Mm UDM and you know continue my global career with them and um, yeah just really opened their arms uh, to me and couldn't thank them enough.
0: That's amazing well we'll we'll be sure to thank them right now (laughs) so yeah (laughs) Um, I think that's amazing though like I in every athlete or coach I've ever talked to they always have a story about that one coach that that really kind of saw something in them and kind of, and lifted them up through sport, which is just, it's every time I hear stories, it gives me a nice little, a nice little heart feel. It's always, it's always the best. Um, so for anyone listening who feels like that's the kind of thing that they want to put out into the world and, and, and be the kind of person that lifts others up through sport, uh, goalball is the way through it.
1: <laughs> you just yeah. need to volunteer
0: as a goalball coach. Exactly, Sweetie No, <laughs> it's
1: get involved and, you know, contact us, you know, you can follow us on our Facebook page and on, on Instagram as well. We're, we're posting quite regularly and, um, you know, we just want to keep rolling here with, with Ball with wheelchair basketball, wheelchair rugby too, and keep, you know, keep, um, keep the positive movement going in New Brunswick for pair sports and um, taking it day by day. That's the, that's the only way we can go. So.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck with it. And I, and I really hope for, for the most for, the, for this program. It's, it's got a nice little place in my heart now. Um, and thank you to everyone who took uh, half an hour of their day to, to listen in, um, whether it was on your way to practice or uh, a substitute for not getting to go to practice and you're listening to us instead. Um, we thank you for joining us. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next time.